1: Thanks for joining us on the premiere episode of the AccuWeather podcast. We're going to be giving you stories behind the weather, discussions on trending weather topics, and so much more. And we think it's the perfect blend of science and storytelling. There'll be new episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Regina Miller. This week, Elliot Abrams reminisces about his five decades at AccuWeather and Brian May shares lawn and garden tips. Given spring's fickle weather, this will help get you ready for summer.
0: From our global headquarters in State College, Pennsylvania, it's the AccuWeather podcast. Here's your host, Regina Miller.
1: Well, it is so great today because I get to sit down and talk to Elliot Abrams, who is the uh, senior vice president here with over... You just recently celebrated over fifty years in the business, and we're lucky that we had you here at the AccuWeather Network the whole time.
2: Just, just trying to figure one of these years, maybe I'll get it right.
1: <laughs> so that's what it is. This is practice. That's right. <laughs> Every day is practice. Exactly. Here. <laughs> right. So, so when you get it completely right, then are you going to retire? Is that is that your goal? then? Thinking Ellie?
2: about it, but I'm not sure when that'll be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we hope you stay for a long time. But um, so, so fifty years in the business, you've seen a lot of things happen here but I want you to talk a little bit about some of the early years here uh, at AccuWeather because you guys really started all this when commercial weather was kind of a twinkle in some of our competitors eyes (laughs) so you guys were really revolutionary so talk about that
2: to a lot of people of course we were trying to sell something that's free weather forecasts are free everywhere and so we were trying to sell them and that maybe they were better and And Dr. Joel Myers, who founded AccuWeather, called thousands and thousands of places just to get dozens or hundreds of customers. And in some cases, we'd say, okay, if we can't save you 10 times what you're spending, then it's not worth it to you.
1: Right, because you guys would deal with, like, loss from different storms. You know, you talked about, um, uh, you know, I heard you talk recently about Hurricane Agnes and how there was the concern with one of your companies uh, that you guys supplied forecasts to.
2: Well, I was especially nervous during that storm because Dr. Myers was on vacation that time, so he wasn't there in the office to help with the forecast, but we perceived a few days in advance it's probably going to be a major flood. And there was a construction company building some dams in the middle of Pennsylvania, and we decided that we better warn them that if they didn't get their equipment out of the lowlands, they might lose it forever. And they saved millions of dollars because that's what happened. The whole lowland area was flooded.
1: Right. Because it was days and days of rain with Agnes. That was 1972?
2: That's right. And more than a foot of rain in many places. And that's like getting 120 inches of snow in a few-day period. That's a lot of water. Yeah. And all those streams and rivers came out of their banks. And we were on a station in the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area, WARM, our our first station. And we were on every 15 minutes talking about the, the flood potentials. And at that time... Flood forecasting is based on only what had happened up to then. So we had, say, two inches of rain yesterday or five inches of the day before. Hydrologists could then calculate how much water would be in a stream. But if you knew it was going to rain longer, like tomorrow or the next day, that wasn't being incorporated in any of these forecasts. And we started incorporating it to a degree where we say, the rivers are going to get much higher than these stage forecasts because the rain isn't stopping now.
1: It's amazing to me that you could see... The consumer need for that at a time when people just they didn't other other agencies did not see and so that was revolutionary at the time.
2: Same with ski areas, uh, they'd be out there waiting to make snow. Let's say it's 33 degrees at midnight, and you can start making snow when it's maybe 29 or 28 degrees if it's dry enough. So they'd keep the crew out there. But let's say we told this company, okay, we can tell you what it's going to be each hour of the night. And if it's not going to drop, you can send those people home at midnight. They may not be that happy, but they're, they are going to be still employed and they're going to have to make the snow at some point, but they're not going to waste your time and, and their time the rest of the night when it's not going to get colder. Mm-hmm. And so they found they could save money in this way and also where to steer their snow guns. You don't want the snow all blowing back into the woods.
1: Right, right.
2: But there's another psych- a psychological thing in the skier. There's one a customer said, "You." Always talking about the wind chill. You're ruining our business. People won't come out to the ski area because you say wind chill, wind chill. And on this particular day, it was zero, and the wind was the temperature howling. was zero. And the temperature was zero. The wind was howling, and we gave a wind chill of minus thirty. And he said, wind chill, wind chill. You're killing our business. I said, well, do you have a good crowd there today? He says, uh, yeah, we got about eight thousand people. In the ski area it was a very big one. I said, uh, so it's pretty good. And he says, are, are they out skiing? He says, no, it's too cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I'm just telling them what they're going to find out as soon as they walk out there anyway. Exactly. Um. But
2: then uh, there are a few cases where I had to sort of hedge the four. One, one that I deliberately lied on. Not <laughs> oh, too really? proud. Yes. The okay, of, so you're going to confess right now. So. The night of my senior prom. In Philadelphia, they used to have graduating classes in January and June. I was in the last January graduating class. This was... Hundreds of years ago, when they had <laughs> dinosaurs and things like that <laughs> and I told my parents there might be an inch or two of snow that night, even though I believed there might be seven or eight inches
1: because you just wanted to go you didn't well they wouldn't they
2: wouldn't let me go, go out and drive if they knew there'd be seven or eight inches of snow I mean that <laughs> so. And most <laughs>
1: parents yeah most parents wouldn't even with the four-wheel drives we have now they would be reluctant to do that and so when
2: i came in at 1 in the morning and i said boy you really messed up that forecast i said i sure did that's, that's terrible <laughs> that's much more snow than i thought
1: <laughs> now and that's interesting because that was in high school and yeah. you said in high school you you would post the forecast i used
2: to post a map and forecast at the entrance to the cafeteria and with all the stories about bullying and stuff like that goes on today, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I survived that period of being a geek right. uh, being, and uh, putting out my forecasts. I think I actually used to put them out on the front lawn, too, of the house, like, almost like a for-sale sign so people could walk by and see these maps.
1: Did you really? Yeah. That is, that is the coolest thing.
2: And so, and in fact, one of my nicknames in Boy Scouts was that my name was Wally, and the, the, the lead TV weather person in Philadelphia was Wally Canan. He was Wally Canan, the weatherman, or Wallace Canoon, the weather tycoon. They gave different names right, to him. Right, right. But so, the, Boy Scouts, they always called me Wally.
1: How long did you know you wanted to do weather as a career?
2: I start. I became interested when I was about five. And I started calling my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother was a pharmacist in South Philadelphia and reciting the forecast to her. Right, so you uh, would there,
1: read it. Where would you, where, I would, where would you to, find it?
2: Well, I would dial W E seven one two one two, and there was a an official recorded forecast on there, mm-hmm. and so I would memorize it, and I could re- repeat it back word for word about what was going to be happening, and there were words I mispronounced. So, so, for example, we used they used to say in Philadelphia and vicinity, I didn't know what vicinity was, so I would say Philadelphia and vicinity. <laughs> And I remember with a, one of our sons, when I used to say, do you want me to carry you? A couple months later, he'd say, carry you, carry you. Same, oh, same yeah, kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, do your kids have any interest in weather? How many kids do you have?
2: Two. And our oldest son is a, a senior editor in the arts and culture section of the New York Times.
1: Oh, wow. That's and, great. And
2: uh, he, he has to use diplomacy there because you have to talk to some of the best writers in the the country talking and and shape their stories a little bit so they fit in the paper, and our other one is uh, an analyst for uh, an investment bank and lives in Taiwan, and I invested in a cop in a subscription to the Wall Street Journal when he was eight.
1: Oh wow! So, and but they didn't have the interest in weather that you not had. Not,
2: well, they they sort of had some interest in it, but they used to say, "Dad, you knew what you were going to be when you're five six years old." We're in tenth, eleventh grade now. We don't know what we're going to be. I "That's that's fantastic. You're normal.
1: <laughs> You're normal, because like you said, but you But all that I, I've, I've come to
2: realize over the years that marriage and raising kids is more luck than skill. There mm-hmm. happened to be a few kids on our street who were uh, the same age as them, and they but they were geniuses, and they played with them. If your kids play with with smart kids, they're more likely to take on the same characteristics as if they play with. People who are pretty or not nice.
1: mm-hmm Right, right. So I, I know you're right. It's it's more luck sometimes than skill because I, I raised two of my own, so I can I can totally relate to that. I wanted to ask you uh, if you had any advice to younger Elliot. What would it be? Looking back,
2: just do as many different things as you can. And as far as weather's concerned, remember that if you want to go into the field. You're going to have to concentrate on your math and physics because the courses you take in a meteorology program are pretty much the same ones the engineers take and the the doctors take in pre-med and so if you don't know if you can't get through the calculus and the physics even if you're not interested in it then you're not going to be able to go into the field now later on you might find that you don't really use all that math and physics but some of it can be useful if you're going to be a researcher you've got to know it you've got to know second order linear differential equations Mm-hmm. As soon as I found out that those were involved that 's why I became a magician they They used to <laughs> divide up the meteorology students of one of them, my, a friend of mine says well we 've got the scientists and the magicians, and the magicians are the ones going into forecasting, and the scientists are the ones who are doing all the computer models and i i 've thought about that over the years, and I thought to myself that well, that almost sounds condescending on the other hand today 's computer models, even today's aren 't always right sometimes, so maybe all that research." didn't lead to 100% accuracy, but I won't go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, <laughs> but, but still, concentrating and also on your communication skills. Uh, are you multilingual? Or uh, Can you explain things? Can you write well? Can you speak well? Those are things that are going to be important regardless of what field you go into. Right, you're and right about
1: that, because I'll tell you the one thing I noticed too, it's kind of like uh, with communicating weather, it's kind of like with, a, I, I had a math teacher when I was in school that understood math inside and out but could never communicate it to the students in a way that we could like understand it so communication with weather is a pretty big deal too
2: well regina that's why you're in weather communications you have to be able to explain things well and people have to be able to understand it and you're good at it so that it shows.
1: Oh, well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And I wanted to ask you one other thing because we had talked about uh, sometimes how you know I, I I know you get this. I've gotten this. Well, you do weather. You know, it's the only job that you can you know be right only fifty percent of the time yeah. and still get paid and that kind of thing. And you had said that uh, the one time, what are what were some of the worst scenarios that you had when you got something wrong?
2: Well, there, there, uh, as a radio person, of course, you don't, nobody can see you, which is a good thing on those mornings. <laughs> but I would come in, and I'd put on a, pretend to put on a paper bag over my head so that nobody could actually notice me in the studio <laughs> that, that I had made that forc- bad forecast the day before. And occasionally, some people have—I uh, I once got a death threat from— uh,
1: Which is crazy.
2: It, it was, but there was a winter when, it kept, when snow kept turning to rain in New York City. And we, unfortunately, were correctly predicting this. And if there's one thing as a weather fanatic when you're young, you want it to snow. Mm-hmm. And the idea of snow turning to rain was most was horrible. That's worse than being bullied, because because there's that beautiful <laughs> snow out there, and it's turning over to rain, and it's warming up to 34 degrees. And why isn't it snowing? And you see the wind out of the northeast, and you think to the north, to the east, it's got to be cold there. And then you realize only later in physics that with a northeast wind at the ground, it's probably southerly aloft, bringing in warm air. But you don't know that when you're younger and so why did it why did it do this to me why did they predict this why did they make this happen and somebody said you should be killed for this
1: if, was that via phone How, where did that it like was
2: on a social media thing
1: all oh, social media so oh, I've, I've
2: tried i try <laughs> to avoid the the media boards because you can really you can really mess yourself up reading some of the stuff that's on there
1: i think you have people that that's their full-time job is just to be trolls on the media right. <laughs> and tell you how bad you are at your job
2: <laughs> and then so. there was one afternoon on a saturday afternoon i get home and there's some man standing outside the front of our house and i got out of the car I was a little nervous and he introduced himself and i recognized his name and he was actually a dentist from baltimore and baltimore's a couple hundred miles away from wow. where we lived mm-hmm. and he was a weather fanatic and he wanted to meet his meteorologist and so he just showed up at the door that evening
1: that's that's creepy very very <laughs> creepy
2: but it, turn, it actually turned out he was so interested that he actually dropped his dental practice and came to work at AccuWeather for a couple of years
1: really uh, he
2: did is very, he still here no oh <laughs> uh, they, they went back to dentistry maybe it was because it wasn't t- thirty anymore
1: <laughs> oh, oh, good one. Maybe the whole thing. <laughs> maybe the
2: whole thing put a cavity in his plans. <laughs> oh. Too much cold. Is that was that much, a real story, Elliot. That is a real story is it for real. But now okay. I'm now I'm branching out into other fields of dentistry, like uh, cold molar air coming in and having <laughs> to make incisive remarks about it, and and gumming, gumming up the forecast, and you know, put sinking your teeth into it. I
1: put. wanted to make sure that you weren't doing that, just so you could launch, couldn't launch into that. Uh, I, I'll sometimes slough. do that. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: called punishment.
1: You were. Were you one of the invitees to the 300th birthday party for Benjamin Franklin?
2: It was in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, how did that come about?
2: Well, we were on a station in Philadelphia, and I got this invitation. You're invited. Uh, they tried to pick the people, the couple hundred people who were would be most likely to Invited to his birthday party, which
1: is great. I mean, these are these were like people in science and actually ed-
2: successful people, scientists, people who actually did things.
1: Right. and you were part of that group. Okay. you are you very modest, Elliot, but so, uh, part of that group.
2: Well, uh, thanks for being enlightening. But in any case, I, I remember with Franklin. Of course, he was a, a genius, and he also was a weather fanatic, and he he was the one who discovered electricity. By flying a kite in a thunderstorm. Fortunately, he didn't get electrocuted. Right. And he also discovered that northeasters that affect the northeast part of the country actually come from the south. And the way he discovered this was that he lived in Philadelphia, and there was a northeast wind, and he wanted to see this eclipse. And he figured, well, it's cloudy where I am. I can't see this, but my brother in Boston must have had the storm already so he could see the eclipse. And I wrote to him, and he writes back and says, well, we didn't have the storm before the eclipse, but we had it couple of days after he wrote and that's when franklin realized that the storm had moved from south to north but the wind at ground level was from the northeast and so the, the winds changed with elevation so he was a very smart person
1: wow that's that yeah that is amazing back at that time that he would be able to to figure that out and and i'm sure that did you get to go to that event i went to
2: that event it was fascinating hearing all these different accounts from people and and uh it, it, was, it was great, and uh, for, some, for some it was historical, and then the funny people were hysterical.
1: <laughs> well, that brings me to my uh, one other question. Uh, if you could have lunch with one person, historical, real, fictional, who would it be and why?
2: I guess George Washington. Okay. Now He was a Virginia farmer originally, but he was also a weather forecaster. And uh, another a colleague and I developed this whole account of how he used weather information to win the Battle of Princeton. And what happened is the, the forces were backed up against the Delaware River, and he had a thermometer, and he also understood the weather. And this, this one day, that the forces, they were about to be captured by Cornwallis, the British general. And it was 37 degrees and clear, and the temperature was not climbing on this winter afternoon. And he realized that that meant with the northwest wind, it would freeze that night. Mm-hmm. So we got the generals together, and they built big bonfires to make it look like they were camping for the night. This would sort of con Cornwallis not into attacking. Then he didn't want to come through the mud either. But if he could, if they were making these campfires, he could capture the uh, the rebels the next morning. As soon as it froze that night, they put cloth on the on the wagon wheels so they couldn't be heard. And they circled around after the temperature dropped below freezing and captured Princeton the next morning. And so if Washington hadn't known that it was going to get cold that night, they'd never hatched that plan. But but what other details were involved, I'd love to have lunch with him and and talk about how he figured that out.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, You are quite an interesting guy, Elliot. Historian, uh, weather, and punny. You are one of the punnier people that i know
2: (laughs) well some people say it's punishment i'm one of of those in my wife because i'll tell these jokes many times and the first time she might laugh but like the 20th or 30th time (laughs) you see the groans coming out i can't blame her
1: well she's your practice audience that's what wives do
2: i'm just (laughs) lucky anyway
1: yeah yeah well thank you so much uh for spending some time talking to me elliot i enjoyed it
2: i did too and have the best day you've ever had until tomorrow
1: you too and if you want to hear more Elliot Abrams, you can hear him on radio stations across the country every morning on 1010 Winds in New York City, WBBM in Chicago, and WBZ in Boston. Before we get to our next guest, a reminder that this is AccuWeather's podcast, our premiere episode, and we certainly want to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, and suggestions on upcoming topics and what you would like us to talk about. It's simple to get in contact with us. Just email us at accuweather.podcast at com. Well, up next is a voice you probably recognize as he appears on countless radio stations here throughout the U.S., and he's a longtime radio broadcaster here at AccuWeather, and it is Brian May. Hello. What you may not know is he is also a landscaper on the side. Welcome, Brian.
0: Thank you. It's great. I'm excited to be here.
1: The one thing we wanted to talk to you about is uh, with the weather this year, this spring, it has been crazy, especially in the Northeast and parts of the Midwest, where we've had these warm-ups and then snow yeah. and then another warm-up. So how yeah. is there any hope of growing a beautiful garden this year?
0: Absolutely. Have no fear. Um, I can tell you how crazy it's been trying to work in in the weather i mean we'll have a couple of days of warm weather and then i just put on extra layers and head it out
1: and shovel Um, some snow yeah (laughs) exactly
0: i worked in some snow but you know the the best thing that i can tell people is check the accuweather app i keep up on that All the time to make sure I know when I'm gonna have dry periods and some sunshine, and so that I can get out there and get some things done. And don't give up hope. I mean, I know it's been cold. You know, the perennials in your garden are waiting for the warm weather as well
1: right and i've seen some of them pop up and it's always the craziest thing you start to see them pop up then you see uh, you and i worry i have like wisteria and i worry because all of a sudden then i'll be like please no frost please no frost (laughs) so you were saying it's really important to like check your zones
0: sure absolutely go to uh the usda they they will tell you uh what gardening zone you're in for your area and what that does it tells you when the danger of frost is over And it tells you what plants will do okay in your zone.
1: And can you recommend, are are there some, you know, annuals, if somebody wanted to do some annuals and they want to get started early, are there some that are more like frost hardy?
0: There are some annuals that are relatively easy care. Um, I'm thinking right now of geraniums. Um, they're one of my favorites, and the nice thing about them is they don't really need any special care during the growing season, and you can also winter them over until the next spring. You can take them inside really? over the winter. Yeah. Yep, I have several that I do that.
1: I didn't know you could do that. I've seen people do that with, like, the uh, uh, poinsettias (laughs) at Christmas and take those in. But I did not know you could do it with geraniums.
0: So if you want uh, uh, an annual for sunshine, go with geranium. If you're looking for a shade-loving annual, let's go with Impatience. Okay. Uh, they're, They're relatively easy.
1: Right. Well, I'm yeah. I'm definitely impatient to like start <laughs> seeing some flowers. So that, Absolutely. that's that's it's an coming. appropriately named flower for me. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask you is as you are having some perennials that are trying to pop up and we may get some colder yeah. weather still yeah. does anything need to be done? No, there? they'll
0: they'll be fine. Your perennials, like I said, they don't they don't wanna come up any more in the cold than you wanna go out into it and work. You know, they're, right now, we're running behind. Uh, last year, at this time, the daffodils were already done blooming. Right now, they're just now blooming. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of hold off for the weather is just like we do. Right. So they're okay. And now for perennials is actually the best time if you want to divide them and move them around in your gardens or plant new perennials. It's okay for perennials to do that now
1: okay and uh that's for the north and so uh and up until when's the the time you don't want to split
0: uh when it gets too hot they they don't move well in the heat
1: all right well thank you so much brian this is a lot of great information we appreciate you happy to be here Tune in next week. We'll be talking to the National Hurricane Center's Daniel Brown. He's the Senior Hurricane Specialist and the Warning Coordination Meteorologist. And he's going to be talking about Hurricane Preparedness Week, which is May 6th through the 12th. Plus, we'll be talking to AccuWeather's Senior Meteorologist and Hurricane Expert Dan Kutlowski. He's going to share AccuWeather's 2018 hurricane forecast. Find us on iTunes by searching AccuWeather in the podcast section or anywhere that you get podcasts. My thanks once again to this week's guest, Elliot Abrams and Brian May. For the AccuWeather podcast, I'm Regina Miller.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the AccuWeather podcast, giving you the stories behind the weather, discussions on trending weather topics, and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AcuOther on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your favorite shows Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?